Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. We have a full program for you today. James Collins has a moment of prophecy, but first, Jonathan Kahn is back to reveal more mysteries from the Bible. Greetings to each and every one of our listeners and viewers. We're so happy to be with you. We're going to continue visiting with our dear friend Jonathan Kahn. I first spoke to him on the telephone several years ago when I interviewed him on Harbinger, and it's a great delight for me to be with him in the studio, and I hope it's a delight for Jonathan as well that we can meet face to face. And not only in the studio, we've had a good time. Yes, we've had a good time, and we embraced last night the way probably they did at the first century church, and it's so wonderful to be back with you. We're talking about the Book of Mysteries. Of course, we know Jonathan from the Harbinger, from uh, Shemitah, and uh, his latest book, The Book of Mysteries, our previous program, we we got into uh, The Book of Mysteries. But Jonathan, just kind of review a little yes, bit yeah. the, for people who may be listening for the sure. first time. Sure. If you know The Harbinger, it's unveiling of a mystery of God. The Book of Mysteries is literally the opening up of hundreds of mysteries of God. Everything from end time mysteries to the mysteries of heaven to the mysteries of the Bible that you can never see in English. The mystery, hidden writings, secrets of the rabbis that have to do with Jesus. Mysteries of your life. You know, mysteries of destiny. Mystery of really everything. And I believe some mysteries of the ages and some of the things that mystery behind history, even behind America. We may get to it today. But all these mysteries and and the thing is that that it's done, there are 365 of them. So therefore, you can read it right through, but you can also read it every day to get another mystery of God. And it also tells you how to apply the mystery right. to your life so it can change your life. On top of that, there's a story of a man and a teacher and a disciple in the desert. So you're taken on a journey to caverns and, and to underground places and, and secret chambers <laughs> and all that. So you got that as well. So you can read it any way you like. And whether you're a believer for ages or whether you're not a believer at all people are getting saved as well but there's so much more to god and many of the things in there as far as we know have never been anywhere so i'm very excited about very blessed to see the reaction well you know as i mentioned in our previous program the lord has given you insight as to not only the content of the book and the exposition of the mysteries but the format i mean this is a cool thing you know this teacher and then I think all the students or those who are looking for That's the right. deeper things, That's right. it's out in the desert. That's right. They uh, live in very kind of harsh, very sparse. They That's don't right. have all these TVs and all this That's kind of right. stuff. You know, I've often wondered, there's something about deserts. I mean, uh, Paul <laughs> yes. was in the desert. What is it? And you, your book's in the desert. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and this was not planned, but I, there's a mystery to it. Uh, well, first, well, first of all, you have, you have David in the desert, you have yes. Paul in the desert, you have Messiah in the desert, usually before ministry. You know, you had yes. the, the Israelites in the desert. Before. Well, there is a mystery there because in Hebrew, the word for desert is midbar, midbar. Midbar comes from the Hebrew word dabar, which means to speak. What is the desert? It's the place where God speaks. Mm. And so here we are thinking like, oh, I'm going through a wilderness. I hate the wilderness. I hate the wilderness. Be careful. Don't despise the wilderness. God will speak to you in the wilderness. Rather say, Lord, this is the wilderness. Speak to me. You have things to reveal to me. You have things to do in my life. You have things to get me ready for. You know, so there, there's, there's a lot of mysteries about the desert and, and the wilderness. And in another sense, in a cosmic sense, this whole world 
is the, is the wilderness to the promised land. Mm. You know, because this is our preparation for the, this is temporary, where everything's a tent, and we're getting ready for the promised land. So there's a whole other thing about that too. So yeah, absolutely. So Midbar Desert, yeah. Dabar, speak. speak. God yes. speak. Yes, the, the word, the word, Dabar. And, and that's, we, that is in the word for the wilderness. It's the place of the word. Listen, think about it. Where did the Bible begin? In the wilderness. Where did the Torah be? In the wilderness. The Bible all be was birthed in the wilderness. Because because when you're all over the place, you know, you're, gonna, you're on t watching television, it's very hard for God to speak. Yes. But when you're in a wilderness, when God has taken some things away and he, he gets your attention, that's where God can speak. Most of us got saved because there was some kind of wilderness we realized in our life. Yeah, and Paul said at the beginning of Galatians that after he was saved, he consulted not with flesh and blood. Yes. He wanted that Dabar, yes. the voice Very of good. God, in the midbar That's right. in the desert. That's right. And you look, you see these patterns in the Bible. Absolutely there, yes. And so that's why I chose the, the desert because there's no distractions and, <laughs> you know, and, and the Lord to reveal himself. Right. Jonathan, uh, you know, you're talking about quiet, about the desert. I, I think, you know, you, you come up with all this stuff. Do you spend a lot of time in prayer and uh, just kind of away from everything? I, I wish I had more time away from everything. <laughs> I have more time with everything. Because the other, the other, that's the kind of the paradox. Because, you know, God, you know, we want God to use us. We have to touch the world, you know, but we yeah. need to get out of the world to get back to receive. You receive and you right. give. So I wish I had more time, but I do have time. I mean, usually, again, when I wrote this book, the hours that I wrote the Book of Mysteries is midnight to six in the morning. So there was nothing much happening. You know, that, 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 that's it. So that was kind of that period, exactly that. Wow, wow yeah. wonderful. I think you're a beautiful example of, what should I say, an, an empty vessel that says, Lord, fill me. And... You know, that's, that's the amazing thing. If, if I have a cup of, of water yes. and it's full of water and I want to put grape juice in it, before I could put grape juice, I've got to empty that's right. the water. That's right. And then, so we have to be that's empty right. of, of self to receive from God. That's right. One of the first mysteries, and it's really more like the opening at the very beginning, it's called infinity in a jar. Yes. And, it says, and the teacher asked the disciple, he gives him a riddle and it says, can something which is small hold that which is bigger? And right. he says, no, of course not. No, he says, but it can. He says, a vessel can do that if the vessel is open. Yes. An open vessel has no end to it, in a sense. It can contain a river. It can go right through it. You know, God is infinite. And yet it says, you'll, that we're finite, but it says that you'll be filled up with the fullness of God. So the key is to be open, open, and never stop. Don't say, hey, you know, I got it all down now, and I don't have to seek God. Always seek God, and you'll find Him. Right. And that one, infinity in a jar, yeah. it's actually day one. Yes. It really hit me hard. You've got 2 Corinthians 4, 7, yes. where we have this treasure in, in earthen, earthen vessels, vessels yes. or cracked pots, yep. clay pots, right? Yep. 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 <laughs> and it's interesting. He lifts up the jar and removes the cap from his top, and he says, can that which is finite encompass that which is infinite? And then it can, he, ply, he replied. Then he says, how? He lifted the jar and removed the cap from its top. It can, he said, it can if it's an open vessel. Yes. So, Open heart. It, you know, as I read that, I'm, I'm thinking of what I believe the church needs today. So many of us are, you know, we have new wine, but we're old wineskins. Okay. We can't expand. Yeah. But this vessel is open yes. and it's receiving yes. and it's not closed. It yes. doesn't have all the answers. Yeah, that's right. It wants God that's to right. speak and that's wants right. to be filled. And so this finite jar that. can right. encompass infinity. Everything. I mean, everything about that. I mean, your mind, you know, you don't have all the answers, 
love. Lord, I can't oh. do it on my own. I need it. You, you know, flow through me. You know, I don't have the ability, but you flow through me. What, what, what comes to us? The Spirit. What's the Spirit represented by? One of the things is either oil that flows through a jar or water. I mean, so we have to be flowed through or there's nothing. And that's where religions and churches die when they close up. Oh. That's why God has to do another one, you know, and he gets another <laughs> bottle. Just stay open this time. Stay open. Right. Well, you, of course, brought to us the mystery of the mm -hmm. Shemitah. Yes. But you've got in the book of mysteries the mystery of the Smeha. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I said it <laughs> yeah. right, but... You did, you, you did very well. <laughs> the, the only thing is that ch, the ch thing, which is very jealous. But you got it. Smeha. And what is that? Here's this. That before a sacrifice could be offered up, it had to be brought to the priest, the priest had to perform something called the Smeha. What's the Smeha? Mm -hmm had to put his the palms of his hands on touch the head of the sacrifice and it, by doing so he was becoming like one with the sacrifice the, he had to be identified and the one who or the one who's offering up had to become one with that sacrifice and so that is identified. Then the sacrifice could die for the sins, but they also had to confess the sins, their sins or the sins of the people onto the head of the sacrifice. Right. So they do that. Now, what about Messiah? If Messiah is the sacrifice, which he is, could it be that this smicha was performed? What's the first thing? He was, t he was betrayed to the Sanhedrin. Why? There's a cosmic reason, because they had the, there was the priesthood was there, and the priest must deliver the sacrifice to its death. What do they do? It says, it says when they pronounce him guilty, what do they do? It says they all started st striking him with their hands mm. to his head, his mm. face. What were they doing? They performed, the smicha has to make contact with a, with a hand, and the Greek says, buffeted with the palms of the hand. And so they, they are doing, it's the smicha, the priest. There's actually something in the rabbinical writings said that when it's dying for many, it's that, that it says there'll be a group smicha, they'll all be touching his head. So they do that. Then it says, but they, what about the confession of sin? The high priest said, he's guilty of blasphemy. But the mystery says it's not, it wasn't his sin, it was the high priest's sin. He was the one, he's putting his sins on there. He's the one guilty of blasphemy, he's the one judging on. The whole priesthood was, the priesthood represents Israel, Israel represents man, and so therefore we're all guilty of blasphemy. Yes. And that man is God. So that's what they were doing. And only then do they offer him up. And so how perfect God is. And then, on the Day of Atonement, the great Day of Atonement, what happens? The high priest takes one, has one goat to his right, one goat to his left, and on that two goats, and it says that, that they have to choose. One will die for the sins, the other will be set free, be the scapegoat, escape. So what happened with Messiah? Before he died, he was killed. It wasn't two goats, it was two men standing before the multitude to choose which will escape, which will die. And, and so here you have Jesus, Messiah, and you have Barabbas, the criminal. And so and we're, we're Barabbas, but he has Barabbas there. And the, the ancient texts say that when the when they, they did this, the two goats had to look identical, so you couldn't tell them apart. Now, could that mean that Barabbas actually looked like Jesus, Messiah? Maybe, but here's the mystery. Jesus is the son of the Father, the Holy One. Barabbas is a criminal. I mean, you think that two different things. But there's a mystery. We hear Barabbas. There's a mystery to Barabbas. Barabbas' real name isn't Barabbas. His real name was Bar-Abba. Bar-Abba means the son of the Father. So here you have the son of the father, and you have the son of the father, and you have identical. And so one is going to die, the other is going to be set free. So you have Jesus dying the death of Barabbas, the criminal, our death, that we who are Barabbas could become Barabba, the son of the father. Then we could live his life. We become identical. Isn't that awesome? Barabba. Barabba. Son, son of yeah. the father. Yeah. yeah, there's no accidents with God. And we're children of God. And we we're become the children of God. He becomes Barabbas, we become Barabbas. 
We become him. I mean, he, he becomes ours. We become amazing. You know, and I'll, I'll throw this in. I don't, I don't normally throw this in an interview because I'm going to talk. I haven't, ta <laughs> I haven't taught this completely. But in the original, you know, we, in, the, in the manuscripts, we know from ancient manuscripts that, that in the original it says it wasn't just Barabbas. His name was Jesus Barabbas. You see that something? His name was, so you have Yeshua. So you have Yeshua, son of the Father, and Yeshua, son of the Father. I mean, God, you know, amazing. Well, that's such an amazing passage because, you know, the penitent thief on the cross, I think God must have done something so wonderful in his heart because, you know, he's looking at Jesus. Jesus is on the cross. The blood is pouring out. He's groaning in pain. And then he says, Lord, he calls him Lord. Yeah. Remember me when you come in your kingdom. Yeah. He knew he was Lord and he had a kingdom and yet he was hanging on the cross and he was dying. What a great act of faith. Yeah. And Jesus said, this day, yes. you will be with me in paradise. Yes. What a wonderful, marvelous Savior we have. Yes, absolutely. And this thief on the cross didn't have to promise to give a million dollars or a hundred dollars. There was nothing he could do. He was going to die. And yet God loved him, Yeshua. Yes. Yeshua, yeah. And that, that just triggered something. I won't just touch it. One of the streams the mysteries is the mysteries of Eden and mm. even that was linked to Eden because Messiah said on that day today you will be with me in paradise well that word paradise isn't the way we just think it that literally refers to a garden it literally refers to a garden of trees right. it's an ancient word this day you will be we're coming back into the garden there's so many mysteries of Eden that are fulfilled with Messiah I mean amazing amazing well the Bible is just it's the Word of God yep and the depths you can uh, I mean I you've studied the Bible for years I've studied the Bible for years we keep on digging deeper and deeper, and we find more yeah. treasures. There's and no yet, end. a little child yes. can understand. We have to be like yes. children just it's to be both. saved. So. God is simple and deep. You know, he's the deepest one and the simplest one. Amen. I am. Amen. Amen. Well, we're, we are offering the Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Kahn. Our toll-free number is 1-800-652-1144. Tell our operator that you want us to send you the Book of Mysteries. I guarantee that what we're doing in these broadcasts. This is just a little, yeah. we're yes. just scratching yes. the surface. Yes. Yes. There are 365 mysteries, one for each day. And then I believe you got an added one at the very end that I was reading. It's just so. kind of There's more at the end, yes. Yes, yeah. more at the end. I really want to to speak to our listeners, to our viewers from my heart, and I'm sure from Jonathan's heart. You know, these are the last days. There's, there's no question about it. We have to stand strong. We have to be mm -hmm. transformed on the inside. We have to have a fresh knowledge, a fresh revelation of the glory of Jesus Christ. And I really believe, Jonathan, this book that's, will that's help cool. you in your Christian growth. There may be a young man out there, a young woman, an older person, and your faith has kind of gotten a little lackluster. Mm -hmm. You know, we go through the drudgery of uh, all of our work. We go mm -hmm. to church, we bring our Bibles, we sing in the choir. There's nothing wrong with that, but you want an extra shove from the Holy Spirit. I believe that God can use this book. This is a wonderful, wonderful book. It's called The Book of Mysteries, or toll-free number 1-800-652-1144. If you have unsaved friends and loved ones, this, people are giving it to their unsaved friends and, and family, and people are getting saved. So that's that to me, that's the best thing. As well as there are many things in there about finding your destiny. How do you find your calling in God? It's about to transform yourself right. your life. Well, I know the Book of Mysteries reveals so much stuff about us, and you talk about things that are written 
you talk about our destiny, but then you also say that we can change our past. <laughs> oh, now we, we want to just that uh, we're getting will, off will, the notes. I will, I will say I will say this: there are <laughs> mysteries in the Hebrew and and the Greek, but in the Hebrew, where it's not even just the word; it's the way it's written that actually tell you that number one, uh, some of the mysteries in the book that along that line. One is you can live. You, there's a secret of living from your future. That's Ooh. one thing. That's one. Thing. And secondly, how you, there's a way to change your past. And there's things in the Hebrew that have to do with that. So absolutely. I know some people, as a pastor, after many years, there are shadows from their past. And it's amazing how shadows from your past can cast such darkness on your life today. Yes. Okay. Yes. Even though the sun's shining brightly, yeah. there's a lot of hurt. So, did you want to expand a little bit on that? I mean, uh, that is beautiful. There, there's so much there. I'll just, I'll just, I will tell you because it's deep. <laughs> I'll tell you that you can do it in God, and and you don't want to be so much influenced by your past. You want to be influenced by your future. Amen. God, there's a way to do that. I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you a thing with that. For instance, in Isaiah 53, you know, we read about the, we read about all that the death of Messiah prophesied. But did you know when when you read the Hebrew, you'll never see it in English. But the, Isaiah 53 is written in the future, the present, and the past at the same time. It's written it's it, because it's an eternal event. He died for us at all, at, you know, every moment of our lives. But you would never see it in there. But that's it. There are the things in the Bible where where God is talking about the future. Okay, here's another thing. Talking about the future as if it has already been done. You know, and, and in Hebrew, right. it's it, because the future you is as good as done in God. It, the future is done, it's completed, because that's, you know, in Hebrew, there's only two, two tenses, perfect and imperfect. Imperfect is that it's not finished yet. Perfect is it's done. So God speaks about things, to live in the perfect, to live in the, you live, it's already done, and from that, I'm already victorious. I don't have to do anything to become victorious. I'm victorious in God, and my life is going to be out working. I will, right. I first receive that, be, I receive it before I have the victory, and then I will have the victory, because it's working out the perfect that God did in me. So it's all there. There are things I won't go into, but there's, there's something along those lines of, this, <laughs> one of the mysteries of the seven mysteries of your life, that every believer, there's some, there, you have seven events of your life that are in the Bible, that has a blueprint of your life from ancient times. It's all there. There's also something called the mystery of the secret angels. That we know yeah. about certain angels, but there's <laughs> other angels. There's angels. There's a whole other breed of angels you may not realize, and you and you've run into them in your life. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when you were talking about the future, which is future from time, but it's already done because Paul in Romans yes. eight says, yes. you know, you were called, you were justified, you were sanctified. You were glorified. Now, wait a second. Glorified? That's what happens when you get to heaven and That's get a new right. body. That's but he right. says you were. That's he right. speaks about it in the past tense. That's right. It's as good as done because God loves us with an everlasting love. That's life. right. That's right. And it's, there's a mystery there. And, you know, I said what is perfect is finished. What did, what did Messiah say on the cross? It is right. finished, which also means perfect. It's forever. It's done. And who we are is finished. You know, but it's us to get that. And then yes. it becomes, we work it out, but it's already there. You know, who we are. Well, even God said, I am that I am. Yeah. And then there's, as I was reading the mysteries, I thought of, I went to Revelation 13, verse 8. It speaks about the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, wait a second. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world? And here today we believe on him and we still are receiving of him. I think this is exactly what you're talking about. And this is part of the mystery of, of revealing that God transcends time, yes. and yet He exists in, in time, time yes. and brings His grace to us in time. That's right. That's, That's right. Some so. of the, some of the mysteries have to do with heaven, and one of them is about 
how to enter the realm of heaven now. And it's linked to all these things. There's a way, how do we live in heaven now? Heaven is not just what comes after. I mean, I mean that's, it, it does, but it's got to be a now. It's real. Heaven is not just the afterlife. It's right. the life life. And how do, can you enter the realm of heaven now? Yeah, well, eternal life begins the moment right. we believe. We That's don't right. have to wait to die to have eternal That's right. life. That's right. That's right. That's right. And yet even in that, Larry, is a mystery because you say, well, how do you get to heaven? You die, you get to heaven. Well, okay, there's some truth that you want to live a heavenly life now? Die now and you can live, die to self, and you right. can enter heaven. You can enter the heavenly realm. It's linked to dying to self. It's linked to dying. Well, that's what I've, I've always thought. Eternal life is right now, it's a new quality of life, a new reality a new dimension, of yeah. a new dimension yeah, yeah, yeah. in time, yeah. right, the yeah. present time. Get the complete two-day conversation with Jonathan Kahn on CD by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. In our resource center today, we have Jonathan Kahn's The Book of Mysteries, the Mystery of the Shemitah, and the Mystery of the Shemitah DVD. Order all three resources today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order this collection online, swrc.com. Let's join James Collins once again as he opens God's Word for A Moment of Prophecy. As we celebrate the birth of Jesus this year during the Christmas season, let's remember the prophecies that were made to Mary when she was visited by the angel Gabriel. We find the story in chapter 1 of Luke's Gospel. There Gabriel tells Mary, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. In this wonderful passage, we see seven amazing prophecies. Four of these prophecies related to the first advent, the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Gabriel tells Mary that she would, number one, conceive a child, Number two, Mary would give birth to a son named Jesus. Number three, the son would be great. And number four, the son would be called the Son of God. All four of these prophecies were literally fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Mary did conceive. She did bear a son named Jesus. He was great. There has never been anyone greater. And he was called the Son of God because... He was the Son of God. Now, there are three prophecies which Gabriel made to Mary that have not been fulfilled. They relate to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, he will be given the throne of David. Second, he will reign over the house of Jacob. And third, there will be no end to his kingdom. These prophecies about the second coming of Christ are very important. So let me repeat those prophecies. First, Jesus will be given the throne of David. Second, he will reign over the house of Jacob. And third, there will be no end to his kingdom. Dr. David Reagan calls these three prophecies the forgotten promises of Christmas. Dr. Reagan calls these prophecies the forgotten promises of Christmas because, sadly, they are not taught by most churches today. 
Most churches wrongly teach that Jesus will never return to this earth to reign. This is called amillennialism. The amillennial view is based upon the premise that the Bible does not mean what it says. To prove their viewpoint, amillennialists spiritualize Scripture. They believe the last three promises made to Mary by Gabriel will not be literally fulfilled. Instead, they believe that the throne of David is the throne of God and the house of Jacob is the church. They then conclude that the promises have been fulfilled in the current reign of Jesus from his father's throne over his church. Now, there's no doubt that Jesus currently reigns from his father's throne over his kingdom, the church, but to identify that reign with the one promised to Mary takes a great leap of imagination. The throne of David is not the throne of God. The throne of God is in heaven. The throne of David is in Jerusalem. Jesus himself said there was a clear difference between the throne of God and his own throne in Revelation 3.21. In that verse, Jesus said that he will one day allow believers to sit with him on his throne, just as his father is currently allowing him to share his throne. Jesus is not on the throne of David today. He's sitting right now at the right hand of the Father on his Father's throne. Bible prophecy is clear. Jesus will sit on the throne of David when he returns to earth to reign from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. The house of Jacob is not the church. The house of Jacob is an Old Testament term for the children of Israel. The church is never referred to in Scripture as the house of Jacob. The Bible teaches that a remnant of Jews will one day accept Christ as their Messiah. This will occur at the end of the seven years of terrible suffering called the Tribulation, which is also known as the time of Jacob's trouble. When Jesus returns at the end of that time of suffering, the Jewish remnant will be gathered to the land of Israel and will be made the foremost nation in the world. Jesus will then rule over the house of Jacob from David's throne in Israel. The current church is not an everlasting kingdom. The church age will end with the rapture. The church will be followed by the millennial kingdom when Jesus will reign over all the earth from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. That kingdom will last 1,000 years before we enter into the eternal state. Now, I don't understand why amillennialists cannot accept that the prophecies made to Mary mean exactly what they say. The first four meant exactly what they said. Why must the last three be spiritualized? The only reason for spiritualizing those prophecies is to force them to conform to some preconceived doctrine. Don't you think that God knows how to communicate? If God had intended to promise Mary that her son would reign from heaven over the church forever, he would have said so. But instead, he reaffirmed to her the promise he had made many, many times throughout the Old Testament, that his son would reign from David's throne in Jerusalem over Israel, and that he would be given a kingdom that would last forever. If the promises God made to the Jews didn't mean what they said, then how can we be sure that his promises to the church mean what they say? I don't know about you, but I believe God means what he says. During this Christmas season, I'm going to praise God for sending his son to die for my sins. I'm also going to pray that God will soon send his son again to fulfill the forgotten promises which Gabriel made to Mary. I thank God that he never forgets a promise. 
This is James Collins reminding you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Jonathan Kahn's Mysteries Revealed Collection is available today, two books and one DVD, for a gift of $40 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Can Christians produce movies that are entertaining and God-honoring? We'll find out on tomorrow's program. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.